everybody welcome back to another episode of life in the fast lane i am nick carlson your ceo and founder of dawson manufacturing and i am here with my absolute amazing cto the chief talking officer kyle parks i'm back he's back i just had this weird moment okay so i was watching um i can't remember his last name i always want to say it wrong but his name is ricky um he's a british comedian or something like that and he was like you ever have those times where thoughts come to your brain mm-hmm. and then sometimes your brain just says speak this mm-hmm. i just had one of those moments but i had to like give it a backtrack but i wanted to come into it and just like start doing like like to start the podcast so just make it so that i'm not crazy that's just where my brain just went just two seconds ago well that's why you're the cto also you like that uh thing i sent you on instagram didn't you which one uh the um Oh crap! I forgot his name, but the one, that guy that does the towing. The towing, the towing, the towing. What are you talking? About? I can't remember. You were like, "Is this how your brain is?" Oh, all that's the time? right. Yeah, he was just like all over the place. What this? I'm like, oh my god! If that is how you feel every day. Oh, it's my. Is that my best friend? I think that's Gator. <laughs> oh boy, Gator just pulled in. He's a. He's one of our good buddies. Um, yeah, that that video was definitely used. It, it's you know, for lack of a better term, it's squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I hope you don't feel his that was, way. That his is was, crazy. No, that's that's my brain consistently. Oh my god! Please make that stop. That hurts my brain. I used to <laughs> Makes be that me, way. Me. I used to be that way because like we're all you know, testosterone is such a powerful thing, right? When I was a kid, I was the same way. I was, and then at some point it turned into like anger. Yeah, and then it and then I was able to harm. Then it turned into like cockiness, and I had to prove myself. And then it turned into. Um, it, it it turned. I had to then go. Okay, I either let this control my life and become an uncontrollable force, or I can laser focus this into something successful, and that's what I chose. Yeah, because I had every reason in the world to go the opposite direction. See, I use mine to the better because it just it allows me to bring up new ideas of like how to make things better for me. Mm. So I just kind of let it run, but it's in the background. So like it's there, but it's also not there. If mm. that makes sense, I get it. I get it. I mean, plus you, it also provides a source of entertainment sometimes. You are definitely that. You are definitely that. So, let's jump into this. I'm actually very excited that you you brought this one up. So this is Kyle's idea to talk about this one today. Um, lay it on us. What are we so, doing? Our text back and forth. This one wasn't really a text back and forth. This was just me doing research, kind of understanding life and everything going into that. And um, the one thing I wanted to talk about was overnight success. Um, And I wrote this thing down on one of the recent podcasts that Nick just saw. Um, But overnight success equals 10 plus years of um, time and consistency. Mm -hmm. And not everybody thinks that. Everybody, we're we're in this Amazon era, as we call it, is you can click a button and something shows up at your door the next day. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that's not going to happen. You can't just click a button and there's a million dollars at your door the next day. Now, Mm -hmm. if you can... Tell me how to do it. I want to learn. But Carlson Coaching. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I can click that button right now and call Nick. Um, but no, it's it's one of those things where it is it's a time and consistency thing. I mean, even JD will probably say the same thing. It says mm-hmm. it's a time and consistency thing of him continuously going out, selling jobs, doing the hard work, and getting it done. Yeah, JD's the guy that just pulled up, just so everybody understands. Gator's actually I have to call JD. him JD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know. J- Gator's my, my nickname for him. <laughs> I earned it. You have earned it. I haven't yet. <laughs> I'll get there one day. I've known JD. I shall be worthy. Nearly my whole life. Yeah. So. Well, that's how Matt and I have been. Yeah. So, kindergarten. What do you call Matt? 
Matt. That's it? I, I got a whole bunch of names. Butt Munch, Asshole. <laughs> I, I'll go down a little. Dingus. <laughs> ding Dong. <laughs> ben answered a text the other day, Ding Dong, and my first response was, how much have you drank? Yeah. Were you right? Yeah. Okay. Three bottles of wine. Well, because you're... you're. Whoa. Yes. Jeez. And he only has one kidney. Ay, ay, ay. I couldn't do that one. I'm a big boy with a big bladder. <laughs> I still couldn't do it. Anyway, overnight success. Yes, overnight success. So, time and consistency. Um, right. That kind of goes with your landscape company, and that goes with your Dawson Manufacturing. And my racing career. And your racing career. So, mm-hmm. it's not something that, oh, you're going to like jump in and have an automatic win. Everybody goes, oh, yeah, well, it's a beginner's luck if you win on the first try, mm-hmm. which I kind of do understand because afterwards – you tend not you get that instant gratification off of that first win and then you're like, Ooh, I really like this mm-hmm. and then sometimes you have to fall down the ranks to get work back up again. Mm-hmm. Um but I kinda wanna go down how does your overnight success look? How did that feel for you? What are some of the things you've had to battle? Because I know there's we've talked about a lot of the demons, but like mm-hmm. what were when did you see that success go, aha, this is this is feels good. So this is probably gonna be a very unpopular uh, response. I haven't felt it yet. I don't think. I I still I I have okay. I have like these little moments of yeah. successful feelings, but not like one overarching feeling. Um, I remember after I sold my landscape company in 2017, I went to Scottsdale, Arizona, to Barrett Jackson, and you know at that point in time, I had the most amount of money I'd ha- ever had in my life. Missed him. Damn and, it. <laughs> and um, if we. <laughs> It sounds. It probably sounds like we have like a pest problem here. Here again on the <laughs> the fruit fly clap. Yeah, Nick's got issues. No, um, I stood. I stood in in Scottsdale at Bear Jackson, and I'm looking at all these cars. And, and you got to keep in mind where, where I'm at. I had just sold a company that I took 17 years and grew into a multi million dollar company, and somebody gave me multi millions of dollars to actually like they purchased it from me because they saw the value in it. Yeah, which to me, there's there's really no higher form of gratification than when someone else comes in that they don't know you, they see what you've built and they go, yes, it is worth X amount of dollars and I'm willing to give it to you. Yeah. There, there's a high value of what you've built here. Right. And, and, and the, the total dollar amount really, it matters, but it, it gets to a point where it's just, you know, it, it could have been 10 million. It could have been a hundred million. At the end of the day, it was a large sum of money. Like I've seen people sell like their customer list for 10 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand, whatever. Like that's not as big. Yeah. When you're talking seven figures, that's incredible. That's a hunk of change. Yeah. You've, you've done something there. That's pretty big. So when it, when it comes to that point though, like when you're looking at the landscape company, because you're going, okay, seven figures, what all does that entail? Cause a lot of people go, Oh, what's well, the list and it's the assets. So it wasn't, any idiot can go out and buy lawnmowers and skid steers and trailers and trucks. Yeah. It's debt. It's a, it's a signature away. You and I can go out tomorrow, today, and we could go literally buy a truck, a trailer, some lawnmowers, a skid steer, some hand tools, all on debt. Yeah. That's not hard. Anybody can do that. What it was, what, what, what was purchased was even not even just a customer list. I had guaranteed contracted projects and properties that not only did we have the grounds but we had the snow we had the um the budgets for all the landscape improvements i mean even even some of like the dog um the dog waste stations and i had the contracts to maintain them replace them every couple years all that was in there so i had guaranteed income 
in, written into these contracts that no one could take away from me unless we stopped performing. Really, yeah. they they had to be seen through. So to kind of go back to what you know what the success felt like in that particular moment, um, it was you know I'm standing in Bear Jackson. I just sold my company. I had deep in the seven figures in the bank, which looking back now is not that much, but it was. It was a, it was a huge accomplishment. Thirty, especially years. when you want to go start a manufacturing company, it just <laughs> yeah. gone. Thirty years old. You know, I have what let me see. At that point in time, I had a one and a half year old child. Um, but the cool thing was, is I had DOS Manufacturing in front of me, and I had this really cool product that I had thought of. And I was more or less not running away from laser cut, but more running to Dawson Manufacturing. Yeah. So the success wasn't just I sold the landscape company, but I had already started something else that I, I felt like was going to be big. Yeah. And so I was it was kind of the total package. It was the, the sale, the walking away, and then walking to, right? So that was, a, that was a double major win. And so, yeah, it felt really good for a couple months. And then reality set in, and I went, oh, crap. This manufacturing thing is going to be difficult. Yeah, this it's going to suck me dry. This and it did. It yeah. took me to my knees. And I'll give you another, for instance, on you know overnight success. So I started racing go karts at a very very young age, seven eight years old. And I I am, if I can remember, I want to bring my fire suits into the studio and hang them on that wall. Are yeah. you Are you okay with that? That's fine. I want to do. We have it. to get that damn padding up too. Yeah, I got to get the padding up. But I want to I want to put those in here and, and show. What, what progress looks like, yeah. right? And so when I first started go-kart racing, we didn't know anything about racing. My family wasn't into racing. We, we didn't know anything. But uh, I'm going to fast forward. So race go-karts, won some races, um, you know, won some championships, moved into a series called Legends Cars. Now, what, I, what I'm going to get to is this is the defining moment of my life. This is the turning point where I, everything came together and I thought like, okay, I am successful. I am able to do this. I am able to... to stand at an elite level and this is what it was so my father's out of town my uncle tony and i had to set this race car up and we were going to go dirt track racing mm. this is the third time i had ever been on dirt the first two times was embarrassing and i cried like a little girl i, I made a fool of myself truthfully i did i was whining so bad because i didn't understand it and i just kept spinning out spinning out spinning out I, I just couldn't get it yeah so we went to a brand new racetrack i'd never been to it was uh i think it was called like east side speedway or something down in virginia it was way down south it was like three four hours away and when we got there it had rained that night and so we couldn't get any practice in mm. normally there'd be like two or three practices a qualifier and then the race yeah well we we got five minutes on the track and i went on the racetrack and i'm telling you it looked like a sheet of glass it was like ice yeah i mean it was a shiny it, imagine dirt so slick and shiny you could barely stand on it and I'm like, you're telling me I'm going to put a race car on this racetrack at 100 mile an hour and I'm going to make it through that U-turn. You're crazy. There's no way. And I don't like dirt. Yeah. What? So in racing, in these scenarios, when they when they cancel qualifying, you have to do something called pulling pills. So yeah. literally, they have a little bag and they have these little poker chips and they write numbers on them, one through however many cars are on, you know, there to race. And I reach in the sack and I pull out number one. <laughs> so that means I'm starting P1 on the pole, first place. And everybody's looking at me, and I'm going, oh, crap. This is not good. Now, Don't follow me. Keep in mind. Yeah, don't, don't follow me. So keep in mind, at this race, not, a lot of times racers, I don't know why they do this because it, it doesn't serve them, but they'll go to races where they know the good guys aren't at. Yeah. So they can just get wins. They can just get, And I wasn't that guy. I would go to where the, the, the national champion was. The best of the best would go because I wanted to hone my skills and get better. And so what that meant is I don't have as many wins to my name as most people. But that's because I was challenging myself. And when I did show up, I was always top three. 
typically, yeah. typically. There'd be off days, of course. But when I showed up, I was one of the best. One of. There was a lot of great guys. Um, I won't go through names, but there, there was a bunch of us. So I pull one, and everybody's like, Nick, look, if you're not going to drop to the back, we'll, we'll pass you going in turn one, and we will, you know, we'll, we'll show you the line. And in my head, I'm going, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. And at the time, I think I'm about, I'm about 18 years old. I think I just graduated high school. And a friend of mine, Dan, was there, and, uh, and my father. And my Uncle Tony actually didn't go because he's like, you're not great at dirt. I don't want to travel that far. I don't think you're going to do that well. I- I'm just going to hang back. Yeah. And, and whatever, to, to, to teach his own. He, that, that was his decision. Um, so to make a long story short, I go down on turn one when, the, when we drop the green flag, or they drop the green flag, and I pull away. I come off turn two, and I pull away. I, tr- I come off turn four, and I pull away. Next thing I know, I have a straightaway lead. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm out of here. And I'm going, holy crap, I can do this. And so talking about, you know, overnight success, that wasn't an overnight success. What that was is I found out ways of not doing it at these other two dirt races. And then all those years before of losing races. And then I, I combinedly put together all this knowledge that I had from about 10, about 10 years worth of racing. And, and what ended up happening is, the race we had like one or two cautions some guys wrecked some of the best drivers in the country on dirt were there and then i ended up winning the race yeah let's just we'll, we'll shortcut it so was that an overnight success no that was years of me racing against the best this was years of me suffering this was years of n- not finishing well this was years of wrecking race cars and i just never quit and so when you talk about overnight success yeah, there's some guys that do just hit it, or at least that's what it looks like on the outside. Yeah. The reality of it was, when I was done with this race, I remember a bunch of guys, Barney Pfeiffer and um, Mickey Payne and, 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 and Rick Bowman and all these guys that I had raced with for years that I'm still very good friends with. And great, I mean, we're, it's crazy. They're all getting old and I'm getting old. It's, it's, it's a shame. But um, what was so cool was after the race, I literally, I couldn't even get to my trailer because those guys were swarming me, congratulating me. And that was one of those pivotal moments in my life where it was like, I understood then that it isn't about the, it isn't about the checkered flag. Yeah. It's not. It's about the journey. And that overnight success is really just a lot of failures that finally worked out to be a win and you actually look like a hero once, right? And so that's when I learned that. And and I also learned it through restoring cars i'd buy a car and it'd take me three years of just consistently grinding away literally grinding with a grinder away on this car to to make it look good and then bam everybody's like where'd you get that nice mustang well i built I've had it i built it i've had it and it's crazy what's crazy is like with you kyle when did when did you graduate what year did you or i'm 16. sorry no when did you when were you born 98 98 so in 98 is when i moved into the house i'm in now yeah and then very shortly thereafter you were probably five-ish years old. I'm going to just kind of gather by my numbers. Yeah, 2002, 2003-ish. Yeah, that's when I finished my 64 and a half. Yeah. So I bought it wrecked, destroyed, junk for 800 bucks. By the time you were possibly, you know, roughly still in diapers or something, barely getting out of it, and I was finishing restoring this old Mustang. Could put that in perspective how yeah. much different we really are. So the Mustang... Like, I have scars on my body from this car cutting me, and I had to go get stitches. That car proved to me that if you just stick something through 
and learn from it and not get so bound up on if I just sat there and said, why isn't this car going back together and just got stuck on just, it should just, it should just work. Then it never would have got done. I had to then morph myself to listen to the car to, for it to tell me what it needed to be completed. Yeah. All I had to do was stick it out. So when everybody wants to talk about success, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in a business, whether it's in yourself, whether it's in your family, whether it's wherever, the number one thing is, is consistency. That is it. Yeah. And life will, Life gives you signals to tell you where to go. You just have to choose to go. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit there. Mm-hmm. If you choose to just sit there, that's when things rot away, and then you don't tend to move forward. Mm-hmm. So it, It's true. And you've got to, oh, my gosh, just take one step forward. Take another step forward. And before you know it, you're going to look back. Okay, I'll give you a, good, a great for instance. If, if we turned around right now look back five years ago and talk to myself back then, I thought, honestly, I thought I'd be a lot further along than I am. Yeah. But if I'm realistic, as I look back at that person, I would have killed to be where I am today then. Yeah. That would have been freaking phenomenal. Now, the realities are we've had so many things have happened that were outside of any of our control. And I, I fight this all the time because I feel like I'm making excuses for myself. But at the same time, I have to be realistic in what is actually happening in our world and i notice i say our not mine yeah it's all of us and and between the COVID thing inflation all these different factors that are, are playing an actual factor in our dude the other day um julia bought groceries and laid them on the on the counter took a picture and sent it to me and she's like can you believe this is 400 dollars worth of groceries that same amount of groceries a year or two ago three ago was like 225 250 bucks yeah I can't control that. And it is so frustrating and so, okay, right now, right now, I and you separately are going through our own struggles in life to get to the point where we feel successful. Yeah. That struggle is what's going to make it worth it. Because without the struggle, you don't realize that without the bad, you can't have the good. Without the light, without the dark, you can have the light, right? It's inputs and it's outputs. If you put in a bunch of good, you're ultimately going to get something good out the other end. But if you're building a life that is tailored to just make you right, reality will step in and slap you. Yeah. And that isn't successful. So notice when we first started talking about success too, I said, I was like, I don't actually don't feel successful. It's because this is really bad, but I'll, I'll always just move the goalposts. Yeah. I always will. I'll always get close and be like, ooh, I'm getting close. And then I'll go, now nah, let's move this down. Yeah, let's make it more. Let's, let's get a little bit more and a little bit more. And it'll always be that way because I was trying to explain this to somebody I know the other day. I said, dude, it ain't about money. All I hear you talk about is money, 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 money. He talks about this person and it's the first thing out of the mouth, money. And I'm like, dude, money is the byproduct of good decision making. Yeah. That's all it is. Money is a, a fictitious, fake number that you get as an output for your good input. Well, I had a, that goes money drives ego. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I had to figure out a few years ago and had luckily has now I've turned the stone that now it's just I need to work in order to be able to produce that. Mm-hmm. And I need to show that my actions are worth that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just say, "Oh, I'm worth this amount because I feel that I am" because mm-hmm. it's <laughs> I heard this one person you could say you're a limeshade or a uh, a lamp, 
Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll shove a light bulb up your ass, but I'm going to live my life the way I need to. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to. Ooh. Wow. That was, that echoed a lot. That was a wiggles. <laughs> that was a wiggles. Um, but no, it's just a matter of living your life by design, not by default. Right. So, okay. That's a great segue into what, when you first threw this, this title at me, you know, overnight success, the first thing I thought of was, well, define your success. Yeah. Because the definition of success is truly very, very different for everybody. Like sometimes uh, being having a successful life is living in a van with no responsibilities in the middle of the New Mexico desert um, with just enough food and water for you to survive to get back into town. Yeah. I- I'm just willy-nilly making yeah, it and if But if that's for you, that's for you. That's and if real. you're able to accomplish that and that's where your happiness and life is bound to be, then great. Yeah. You now, know? But the thing that I will say is, is that if you're with somebody, if you're married to somebody, you have to take them and what they think is a successful life into consideration because you should be working as a unit, as one. Yeah. Right? So I'm sure you and Chloe see things slightly different. A little bit, but we have found a way recently to actually align a lot of it, which was freaking awesome. That is, that's a key. And, and what that is, is it's a little give, a little take, a little give, a little mm-hmm. take. And you're, the, okay, where I find the most success in any situation is, and in, in this could be with our colleagues here at work, our team, it could be in a relationship, it could be with a friendship, is when you're not worried about being right and everyone's focused on getting it right. Yeah. That is the key. It, and, and that's like my relationship with my father. It has been always the thing where it was never about him being right or me being right. Now, there was a time when I was a teenager. Yeah. Hundred percent. I was just focused on being right. I just wanted to be right. Well, that's that time of your life though, where you're like, you go into this big bag because you have all these raging hormones running through your body, and you don't know what to do with it. But at the same time, you know that you have to be the alpha male, so you have to be right. That's that's all you know in your brain. Because hundred percent. Those are the things that are going through your brain, but that's part of evolution. Oh, that's a hundred percent. And what followed that with me was I was just proving, I, I wanted to prove my worth in my manhood to my dad right and the way I was going about it was very rough and very not warm and welcoming it wasn't I just wanted to be proud of me that's yeah. all I ever wanted that's all the uh, man wants that's all I really father. wants like okay I'm, oh shit phone's right there not in my pocket <laughs> um, there's a book that Brian Fullerton recommended to me a while ago and I was curious on it so I ended up reading it, and I, I see if I can find it. But it's a really good book that re- explains that to a T. Um, give me one second. I just popped, and I didn't mean to. I hate when I do that. Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Hmm. Um, it, it exact explains that to a T. Of the reason men are the way they are is because they want to show their father that they, they can be worthy to pass down the name essentially yeah 100 percent. that's all like i think a good man wants that a good young young man a a teen and then into manhood and all that like if you're if you're trying to live a good life like if you've got a good dad i think the goal should be to prove to him that it you're worthy to carry on that that torch mm-hmm. to the next step and that's what i was super focused on i've been focused on it for a long long time and I still, to this day, want to make sure he's proud of, you know, what I, the man that, 
Okay, he sacrificed everything. He took pieces of himself out of his own soul and body and heart, mind, time, business, everything, friendships, and he he put me together. Yeah. Right. So I never wanted that to go to waste. That's why I never really drank. That's never why I never smoked cigarettes or did drugs or um, did anything to harm the name. Right. Like I I I am big on my last name, but I I keep that very internal. Like I'm not. Yeah thumping my Carlson chest but in in my head I'm like our name and our family was very looked down upon growing up and I I wanted to be the change in my family tree where everybody would stand back and go whoa this dude just grabbed it and took it to another level and I did yeah it's taken me a long time to to be able to say I did to accept that um because I felt like that was kind of cocky and I was never wanting to ever come across cocky. I wanted to come across as confident with the right credentials. Yeah. Um, I, in, in, as far as I'm concerned, I, I have the credentials. Yeah. I, I've proven that. Now, how far do I take it? But it also does come down to um, communication. There's, communica- there's five levels of communication is the encoding, the transcription, the message, like how it's being sent to the person, then it's the decoding and how the person processes it. There's, mm-hmm. It's... It's very intuitive. So what you can come off as confident mm-hmm. can come off as cocky to another person just because of the way they perceive it. Sure. So and it it's a fine line, but I think you do it well. But sometimes people just look at it and go, "Yeah, I don't like that." Which it, it, it's to like that person. Them. Yeah, but that to that person, it's you know you're you're bringing in all this money, so they see that you're cocky because you're doing what they couldn't. They could if they if they had the discipline. Yeah, it really it's it's all it is is discipline. All mm-hmm. the weight I lost, it was just discipline. That's all it was. I'm not some miracle boy, like I'm not. It, it's it, it's dude. I'm old. I've spent all my life building and trying to be a successful person. So, given enough time, and enough effort, enough consistency, I will be successful. Yeah. Now, my definition of successful may be very different than yours or the, somebody that's listening to this. Um, some people may just want to travel the world and that makes their life a success. And you know what? Kudos to you for doing what you love. As long as it makes you whole and you're not harming somebody in the process, yeah. then good for you. I think what we all should share what we all should share is be kind to one another. Give give people the the space and the opportunity to have a voice, right? But I also believe with the voice comes some responsibility and and you should earn the the time that you receive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm very upset with some of the people on, like, social media. A lot of people on social media don't deserve the voice they have. They All they're doing is destroying other people. Yeah. And that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Like, I, I get destroyed. I got destroyed. The other day, somebody tried to attack me, and I'm like, dude, no one's – no nobody ch- asked you to comment on my post. Yeah. You you came in. You're using your free will to do what you felt was best, and their, their best thing was to um, – degradate you versus try to pick you up right and like and then right after that situation came up i saw something on social media i didn't like and you know what i did there's three little dots at the top of the post mm-hmm. and i click it and i say show less well that was so that's funny so on chris williamson's podcast modern wisdom he was talking about essentially the same thing is you can moderate what comes to you you don't necessarily have to have a moral issue and just completely unfollow it is that you just hide the posts yeah, and then the algorithm automatically automatically will recreate something that works best for you. If you continue to hide those posts, then it will just not show them to you anymore. One hundred percent. Like, 
<laughs> Brian Fullerton had to block some the other day, and everybody got all up in arms. I'm like, dude, he's allowed to to moderate what he sees. Yeah. If all he wants to see is private jets, well, that kid ain't had private jet. Yeah. So he's not. He doesn't want to see it. No offense. It's not that he hates the person, but like two years ago, I had something happen in my life, and all that was on my social media was this this situation. And all I wanted was my cars back on my yeah. so, on my social media. All I wanted was planes, like private jets, race cars, Koenigseggs, Lamborghinis, and some really nice, beautiful homes in the mountains. Like that's all I wanted. I just, yeah. I just wanted that back. And I that one you sent me this weekend was nice. Sick, right? So that's all I wanted back. And I I sat there in my in my pain and in my that moment in my life. Wow, it's 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 going to be a very small thing in my life one day, and I'll be happy when that time passes. But I, I had to stop one day and go, I need to get this rid of, out of my algorithm to make my life a success. Yeah. And my life being a success means this. This is what my successful life looks like. My company and my team are accomplishing the goals we set forth in front of ourselves to give ourselves the lives that we're looking for. Yeah. Notice I didn't bring money into that. Okay. Because if we do all those things and we all do our jobs, it will give us the life we're looking for. Outside of that, I want my vehicles to be clean and maintained and when i get into them i want to feel like things are together like okay i'll give you a good for instance if my screen on my phone was cracked i couldn't i couldn't function yeah it drives me nuts too drives me freaking crazy if my truck has um, a broken vent in the dash i'll go bonkers because it's so easy to get it fixed like i'll fix it it just takes me the time to then go to the dealer buy it get it home pop the panel out put it in yeah or dirty laundry can't stand dirty laundry trust me nuts yeah it's not hard to throw laundry in the washer and then throw it in the dryer pull it out i don't like folding and that may take me a little bit of time but it bothers me less so like these little bits and pieces of my life that i i like a shaved face right like i like to be clean i'll be like a woolly mammoth like my hair cut um i I got a fun one Mm. would you rather do dishes or laundry Mm, dishes I'm a laundry person. Yeah? Yeah, I hate dishes. Drives yeah. me nuts. I don't like the texture of, like, when I clean the dish, and I don't know. I don't like my hands being wet for so long, but that's also part of my skin issues. Sure. Like, if my hands are wet too long or I have a soap on them too long, mm-hmm. it peels from top to bottom. And I that totally makes sense, and that's that's you. So you know why I picked dishes? There was one tipping point that made me, I had to think, like, okay, where where's the pain, right? Because I always look for the pain and the problem. My back hurts when I do laundry. Because I like folding warm clothes. I get that that makes the comfort feeling. Yeah, yeah, I get that, it. That's what I enjoy. I get it. So I tipped away from it just because I'm tall, and if I do it, like I don't want to do it on the floor because the floor is dirty. Like I don't care how many times you wash it, the floor is always dirty. Like, yeah, you're, you're walking all over it. And we take our shoes off when we get in our house because we walk at bathrooms and we walk at shops. Yeah, I won't walk through my house with shoes on. It's foul to me. It's like I don't bring food in my bedroom. That's you. You sleep there. Yeah, that, you don't eat there. I don't eat in the bathroom. Um. But yeah, the, the tipping point for me was ta- the table's too low. Like if you look at me standing next to a sink, you should you should look at it one day. It's like down here. It, I have to bend down to get into a sink. I don't have that problem. You don't have that problem. But see, <laughs> you ne- I would never realize how much your skin affects your life, and you'll never really be able to fully understand somebody that's yeah, six height. three. Yeah. You'll never get it. It, it. And we, but what we can do is just you adapt. Well, you adapt, but like I give. I give you the the time to tell me, hey, this this is why, and then you give me the same time, and then we we commingle exist, and yeah. it's a good friendship. Um, when you don't, and you and I start telling you how to be, that doesn't work, right? And you can't tell somebody how 
how to be. You know, if they're crossing a line, you have to set up boundaries, right? Yeah. So anyway, back to success. My the way I see life is successful is I try to avoid physical pain, body like my own physical pain. I like to have clean clothes. I like to have nice shoes. You know what's been bugging me here recently that I've I've today should arrive finally because I've been to four stores and I can't get them. Socks. <laughs> my socks have holes in them, and it's funny. It drives, if I have a little pinhole in mine, I have to buy new ones. It I'm, drives me nuts. So I'm with you. I am the type of person that I will suffer a little bit and just be like just push through it don't be so special you're not that special and i'll like make a deal the other day julia's like dude you have holes in your socks and i'm like i know and it whatever it it drives me nuts but like i'll suffer for a while just not to spend the money because there's other things to spend money on like right now right now we just got done paying for christmas and i still have some debt from that because we use credit cards to get the points blah 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 yeah. so once the credit card thing comes around i'll pay it off and it's gonna be way more than i want to and it's annoying but whatever but because i wear a size between 15 and 16 depend- depending on the shoe um i can't just go buy socks yeah like i went to walmart i went to kohl's i went to the mall i couldn't find socks so weird oh did he get it nope damn him. so weird thing i noticed with me psych psychologically this year is when we were doing all of our christmas shopping i automatically um paid portions to those cards so one that mm-hmm. the limits aren't so high or that i have like so much balance on that card but i noticed that if there's less in my bank account because i paid towards those for christmas i wanted to spend less mm-hmm. so it's good yeah it was a weird like psychological thing that i noticed that i was doing as i did it and yeah. i was like wow that really helps me want to save money because there's less in my checking account than what is on the card balance so it made me save more than just free willingly spend. Yeah, and people have a really hard time with that. It's it's sad that man, credit cards could be great and they can also just ruin your they're life. They're a good leverage tool if you know how to use it correct. And most people don't. Yeah, if you don't, then they're garbage. Yep, that's debt. Like, I have huge lines of credit. I have seven-figure lines of credit here at Dawson. Mm-hmm. I don't touch them. You know why I have them? Because I got them when money was cheap and I wanted to get them before... Because I, I see this. I've been through this before. Um, you always get money when you don't need it. Yeah. Get lines of credit when you don't need it. Because when you do need it, they'll never give it to you. Mm-hmm. So you have to get it while you can. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so defining your success is absolutely key to success. So like, uh, let's let's get your perspective, Kyle. What, what do you see in your life? What is a successful life to you? Now, keep in mind today is going to look a lot different than five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now. So yeah. g- give us the today and then give us the the, the five year where you want to be. What, what would make you feel like, okay, I'm on the right track. Yeah. So today, like if I had to give like myself, I say, let's do this a year and then five years versus today. Cause mm-hmm. today I don't feel like I'm in the position that I want to be because I know I should be further, but I made mistakes that gave me consequences to not be there. Lessons. Yes. Well, in our head, lessons, yes. Yeah. Most people will look at it and go, oh, what was me? You can't look at it as what was me. It's I've learned, now I'm going to grow. Right. You know, and so one year from now, successes to me would be I have the trucks payment or the trucks loan paid in half. I don't have it paid in full yet because I want to be able to allocate money to be able to get into a home within the next year. Um, and the one thing that I have noticed Chloe and I have done especially recently. So the past few weekends, 
we have started to actually go out and drive past homes that we have seen for sale mm -hmm. just to see if we can picture ourselves there. If we can picture ourselves there, I have noticed that it has put Chloe into overdrive. And it's not saying anything bad. It's just it's it's clicked onto that psychological versus logical with her in wanting to save to get us into a house of our own. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll show you the one that we were looking at. It's down at Pasadena. It's um, off a of mountain road. And <laughs> coincidentally, it's right by... Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, um, but it's down past in a um, back community back there. I don't think it's necessarily where you grew up. Mm -hmm. It's off of Lakeshore. That's where I was. Oh, was it? So you must have been off of the one split that goes left. I think we're down further towards the right. So it's, um, do you know where? Oh crap, Laurel Drive. Mm -mm. Okay, I, so I don't remember on, any of the roads. Yeah, so it's on like the I think on the opposite side of the split, off of Lakeshore. So like you're down you're down Lakeshore Drive. And then there's like that really hard right-hand turn. Yes. And then it goes like down a hill to the left, and there's like a park on the right. Yes. Is it beyond that? It's way past that. Okay. When you get past the park, you would take a left and go where I lived. Okay. So it's through that. It's so ours is right, and you would go where the place that we were looking at is right, and you would mm. go way further down. Mm -hmm. I didn't notice how big the community Ga was. Gator's giving me the bird. Hey, Gator. I believe yes. Yeah. <laughs> you can say hi. It's okay. He He's doesn't want his voice his known. <laughs> hey, we can get you a headset next time. You can join us. I don't know he wants that. Because he knows I'll <laughs> be here, too. His... Oh, there's his voice. You can oh, hear him now. nothing bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all I want to know is, did you buy a Raptor? Yeah. Oh. He, would you, a 19? Yeah. We'll, we'll get Gator on the podcast one day. Talk all about his he won't talk. awesome life. He's just shaking his head. He's, he's speechless. <laughs> <laughs> See you, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't miss me too much. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggles just answered that one. <laughs> it's never going to happen. All right, continue. So you're, you're at the split to the right, down Lakeshore Drive. You're looking at how – anyway, yeah. you're, you're talking about visualization and, you know, can you and Chloe see yourselves yeah, there, and so that's a successful life. We drove past it, and, like, we both looked at each other and go, you know, it's a smaller house – it's got a decent bit of land. There's like a weird nook. So the property is like an L shape. Mm -hmm. And if we had like knocked the fence out in the far section where it turns into that L, mm -hmm. I told Chloe, I was like, you know, th that would be like a perfect area if we pulled what's there out. Mm -hmm. I could put two trailers in there and they're off the road. We have parking. We're not having to worry about areas of the yard being taken up by any of my equipment. It's just tucked in the back out of the way. Mm -hmm. We can put a swing set in there. We can do a couple of things for the kids and have a patio. Boom. This would be a nice little home for us. And I think the basement was unfinished. So we could add either like a, um, a half bath down there and a bedroom if mm. we needed an extra bedroom or something mm. like that. Mm. Um, but it was a three bed, one bath, nice little kitchen, nice little gathering area. I mean, it was like a good area size home for us mm -hmm. for the next five, 10 years mm -hmm. per se. Mm -hmm. um, we would like in the next five years to be able to have our home home get out of a starter home get a place that we can establish roots for our family and because our big thing is like we would like to have a solid home to start roots in and be able to say hey this is our our headquarters per se okay so you're saying <clears throat> now to be successful you, you feel like you we you... want a starter home to be able to say we're we have a home where we're building equity and we're building our family and then after that, it's okay. Where can we establish the roots? To say this is this is the park's residence, kind of thing. Right. So that's in twenty four is what you're trying to do. 
Yeah. So twenty four is to have a house right. like that we can call a home instead right. of a rental. Right. Because we're in my grandmother's rental right now, which we're very blessed to have. Yep. It's just a matter of we want a place that we can go, okay, we can put our touches here and make this feel like us. Right. Versus we're in a house that we're like, yeah, I'm not downgrading the fact that we have a roof over our head. Mm-hmm. We are very grateful for that, but it's a matter of we just want to have a place where we can say this is where we feel like is home. Understood. Um, so, what, so what else in the next year? In the next year, most likely, um, I mean, really – the next year, that's our main focus is just getting into a home, focusing on relation our relationship together. I mm-hmm. mean, nothing's bad. It's just a matter of how do we make it stronger? How do we ever evolve what Chloe and I have? Um, Malin's first birthday is going to be this year, so that's going to be a fun one. And mm-hmm. that, I know, is taking over Chloe's mindset in the next months because first birthday, you got to do the whole it, it's just a matter of celebration of her being here for a year mm-hmm. um, which I told her I was like look here's our budget here's what we can focus on here's how we can do it and Ben and Kim graciously said hey you can have the party up here they've got like an acre and a half up and parked in which is beautiful um, but yeah I mean the main focus is just going to be putting money away for a house structuring Scarlet Oak so that we're handling that upper echelon of clients where we've handled the whole, all four corners of the property. And that's what the contract is. Is like I come in, I take care of the mowing. We trim, you know, twice a year, uh, spring and fall. We do the mulch and everything is very structured and we have systems in place so that like, Hey, if it's rain day, I will send out the text, say, Hey, won't be there today. We'll be over tomorrow. We're going to take care of this. And go from there on out Mm, okay but i'm gonna keep it to 20 clients select clients select work and i'm not going to push myself and i'm gonna make sure that this year the weekends i can focus on family because that's what i dedicated this year for getting getting it right is way more important than than scratching that ego and saying that you make a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year just on your side hustle when in reality, you've made nothing. Yeah, well, my biggest thing is making my family my priority because right. that's all that I need to be happy is them. Yep. You know, and like I've told Chloe, I was like, I'm not in, I'm not worried about impressing everybody else. My worry is about making sure that you have a smile on your face when I come home. That's that's a tall order when you have kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the good thing is, like, Maylin, I will say this has been a blessing. Mm. Now, granted, she's getting very curious right now, but it's nothing I can't handle. Well, you know, it's... Think it's, about her spot. Yeah. Of course she's curious. She's this whole the new world to her, man. Exactly. So it's just, okay, hey, don't touch that thing that's hot. That's gonna hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's really all we're worried about right now. And don't put that thing in your mouth because you choke on it, kind of thing. Like just making sure you're grabbing things out of her hand and there's nothing in front of her that she could choke on. Yep. Um those are really the only things, but she's been a blessing beyond that. I mean, she's always got a smile on her face like I do. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> not saying it's just because of me, but it's it's cute. Well, it, you, so, you know the the saying, um, dogs are typically reflections of their owners? Mm-hmm. It's no different with kids. Your kids are a direct reflection of you when they're in your presence. Yeah. Right? When they're away from you, they kind of collectively put together themselves as what they like, right? It goes back to what I always say. We're all playing a, a character of what we see and like yeah right? like i love cars so i'm a car guy and that's that's actually not true it's i'm just nick but but people relate me to cars because i'm into that and i pull that into my world because that's my character yeah that i've put together um i'm also a ceo that you can you can feel that come out of me when i speak yeah um not everybody's that way and that's okay 
But Mei Lin, my children, um, my father, keep this in mind. This is something I focus on a lot. You've never raised a one-year-old. Mm-hmm. I've never had an eight- and five-year-old, but I'm about to. And that's all new. It's new evolutions of life. It's learning. Yeah. Right? And and being easy with yourself or your kids. They, your, I'm going to use mine. My kids, my son is all boy. I mean, he is, when I say all boy, I mean that boy is supercharged. And it's normal. It's fine. Yeah. I, and back in the day, I remember hearing parents be like, oh, I'm putting my kids on Ritalin or this or that. Or they, they give him every acronym under the sun. No, he's a boy. Jesus, man, he is flying off the handle because he's curious, excited, wants to test the limits of everything. Da 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 da. My daughter, she's seven, going on eight, and she's very close to it. And she's never been eight. Yeah, she's never been in second grade before, of until this year. She's never been in third grade. So there's always this learning evolution going on. And the trick to it all is, I believe, is chill out, understand that it's going to be new there's gonna be there's gonna be growth there's gonna be curiosity the the thing that i have to do is i have to in my book you're not there yet because your mainland doesn't understand half what you say no offense she's not even one my son is four and i i try to explain things to him not only do i try to explain things to him but i'm also trying and this is part of being successful being successful is also learning from prior mistakes and trying to get them better yeah so my mistake was always expecting them to know what I know and try to get them to grow up fast. Like I had to grow up and I had to go skirt, pump the brakes. A successful life to me now is okay. Don't kill yourself. Not me, the kids don't yeah. not, not like a suicide, but like, you know, don't, don't, you know, set something on fire on accident, right? Whatever. Um, but I'm always trying to make sure that a, they're getting along, which will never always happen. Sibling, you have brothers and sisters. I don't. Yeah. Right? I'm the only child. A lot of people don't know that. Did you and your siblings argue? A lot. <laughs> but did they chill out after some time? It did. It's mostly, you're going to love this, when when Dawson's going to go through puberty, he's going to go through like this raging, like, I was super nice to my mother, and then one day I blood red screaming at my mother in the face. My dad came home. I didn't yell at my mom again. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, everybody learns in different ways, so you have to change the angle at which you approach different things. Right. So if they're not learning in one way, you have to go, okay, well, maybe they'll learn this way or maybe they'll learn this way. So it's you have to, in yourself, learn patience in order to get to that different level. Well, you had said earlier in this podcast, you know, there's there's me saying it and then there's you receiving it, translating it, and then understanding it. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. Everybody speaks a slightly different language. Like I can talk to my two kids right now, at this very moment, they're seven and four. That seven-year-old does not understand me like the five- or four-year-old does. Yeah. They just don't. And one's male, one's female. It's two totally different animals. One I have to be a little more stern with. The other one I have to be a little more gentle explaining with. Now, that doesn't mean that with the one that normally I'm very tough on, I sometimes have to get very gentle so they can feel this calm demeanor. It's, it's, it is what makes us a successful relationship. But what can't happen is you can't sit there and be brain and belittle and destroy them in the moment. You've got to walk them through it now you can either learn from their crazy or you don't and when you don't you end up in negative situations yeah that's just what the way it works so to me a successful for me a successful life to me because that's what this podcast is really about is you know overnight success 
where I stand today, nobody knows my history. Most people that are in my life now have no clue where I came from. Where I come from is grew up with nothing, built a nice little life, got married and had some kids, and success to me would be those kids loving life and coming to me and saying, like this morning, my son's like, hey, dad, can you pick out my, uh, my, um, my wardrobe? He, wa- he wanted to know, want me to pick a shirt and his you know, pants and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm in the middle of like putting my shirt on. I got deodorant in my hand. You know, I got a toothbrush hanging in my mouth. And I'm like, not really. Now's not the time. But then I was like, stop. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me go to him. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what condition I'm in. Let's, let's play the dad part here. Yeah. So successful is I'm aware of it, right? I make quick, quick adjustments. I can, last night I drove an hour and 20 minutes to take my family to Bahama Breeze for dinner, all the way down in Northern Virginia. Yeah. Not my favorite thing to do, driving in the rain to Northern Virginia. Through D.C. Through D.C., through an area that I have a deep hatred for. There's a whole lot to all that. just, as soon as I hear it, my blood boils and I get really mad. The, the mix-in bowl, there's just so much there that I just, I'd rather not deal with. But we had a great time. That's a success. Um, also success is, is, you know, having a nice truck that I can drive to work every day. That's, that to me is, is life. I, the second biggest thing that you ever buy in your life is your car, right? Yeah. Like typically. Um, and the other one is I, I would love to, you know, buy my own home again so I can, you know, live in a certain style way. I had to give all that up to start this company. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. So, um, I'll get there. I have a very strong idea of how I'm going to get there. Now, is there going to be bumps on the road? Yes. That overnight feeling, it's never overnight. It yeah. just, it's just not. So, um, I'll get there and, and I'll have everything set up the way I kind of like it. And there'll be some adjustments along the way. And it all takes time, yeah. time and consistency. So that's about it. I like it. All right, guys, we're going to cut it off here, right? I'm good with it. You're good with it. All right, cool. Guys. Yeah, I mean, we got, yeah. All right. Sounds good. We're all good. All right, we're we good. All right, guys, have an awesome day. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Life in the Fast Lane. Um, I feel like this episode could go on forever because I, I obviously am a business success junkie. No, it um, could, and then you go down all different sorts of other roads of investments and how you place your money to make sure that it's growing for you and how you're trying to make that for your success for life to, yeah, there's... And stop using the word flex. Oh, I hate that word. Somebody used that word on me a couple of days ago, and I was like... You're just showing me how weak you are. Stop that. Anyway. I don't yeah. even think I've ever used it because I don't see it as an asset. Everybody's got their own different points in life that you're going to be at. Yeah, for it's real. It's just get through it and make it so that you can still see the future is bright, but also when you get older, you can look back and go, I did well. It's bright and it's right for you. Mm-hmm right? Don't worry about anything else. So, all right, guys, we love you. Thanks for joining us for another episode. If you have any questions, hit us up at heyheyfastlane at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on all the different social media platforms. Just just Google Mulchmate and you can find everything you need on whatever platform you want. Um, you can follow me directly on LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's just Nick Carlson on LinkedIn. Um, it is. It is. And then don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mulchmate uh, slash Dawson MFG. All right, guys. Have an awesome day. We'll catch you in the next one. We're going to get some lunch. Oh, yeah. All right, boys. Don't miss me too much. Mulch, mate.